Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Brown People Problems where I, your host Nikita, sit down with guests from around the world to chat about some experiences and circumstances that are unique to brown folks. Before we get started today, I really just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone in my personal life who has been listening, watching, and basically just cheerleading me through this podcast. If you're listening to this, you know exactly who you are. Um, I just feel so incredibly supported by a number of people in my life. And I really thank you all for taking the time out of your day to listen to this, to watch this, to engage with this. And if you're new here, and if this, one of, if this is one of the first episodes that you're listening to, I'm really excited for you to continue joining me. So thank you to everyone listening, even if you're not a friend or a colleague uh, and you're still here and I don't know you personally, thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for taking half an hour out of your day to engage with this. I really hope that there's some value that this is providing you. All right, so given that we're in late June now and we're entering what is essentially known as the wedding season, I wanted to chat a little bit about name change and in particular women, female partners changing their names, last names after getting married. Now, this episode is not trying to influence anyone one way or the other, but I rather just wanted to create some space and some conversation for this topic. Um, this is something that I have noticed come up a lot in my personal life with you know, people in my life and we've spoken a lot about it, but hopefully something on this like wider platform can be a little bit more helpful for, for some of you. So today we're going to talk about the topic of brown women changing their last names and three things to think about before you think about making that change. Okay, we cannot talk about name change without talking about its history. So the first thing that I want you to think about is where does this actually come from? What is the history behind this tradition of women typically changing their last names when they get married or they find themselves, yeah, when they get married? Um, and the word that is really relevant in this historical context is coverture. Now, coverture is defined, if you Google it, it's defined as um, it's this legal status of a married woman considered to be under her husband's protection and authority. That's coverture. So coverture is the legal status of a married woman considered to be under her husband's protection and authority. Now let's go back um, a few hundred years. So roughly around 500 to 1080, because obviously populations were a lot more sparse and like spaced out and there weren't so many heavily congregated hubs, um, names were not really necessary to function, right, in society. But through the Middle Ages, as populations grew, um, things became a little bit more organized, uh, things needed to be codified a little bit better. And because of this need to code, to codify and organize things a little bit better, came this idea of last names changing. Essentially at that time, um, a female child was covered under her father's authority 
And then when she was married, she was covered under her husband's authority. Really what this means is that the female had no legal identity. Like a female person had no legal identity. They were covered under the legal identity of their uh, fathers and the legal identity of their male partners. It's really interesting. I was, I was you know, doing some research for this episode and I was looking this up and um, I came across this article where the author really talks about how um, this idea of husband and wife becoming one, it comes from coverture. And it sounds really romantic, but really you're not becoming one. You are just becoming like your husband. The husband is the one. And the phrase that the author used was legally dead. So essentially a woman in that circumstance used to become just like legally dead. She didn't have her own legal identity. And so it's not just that the women take the last names of their husbands, which is how we think of it now. Um, they used to literally become part of the husband's body and identity, essentially. Um, because and women don't exist in the eyes of the law, only the husband does. So if this sounds really extreme, I want you to think about um, The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know if many of you have read the book or watched the show Handmaid's Tale. is a dystopian novel by Margaret Atwood, which given the current circumstance of society, doesn't really seem that dystopian. But essentially... Um, the female characters in that book are literally named after their husbands. So if you're, if the husband's name is Glenn, the woman's name is of Glenn. If the husband's name is Fred, the woman's name is of Fred. And in this context, these women are literally considered as being of certain specific men uh, that rule them. And that's not quite far off from where coverture comes from. So essentially... Um, coverture really kind of negated a female's identity. Um, so then naturally, women's rights were very limited. So women could not make contracts, they couldn't own businesses, they couldn't own property. Um, if women had a large sum of like inheritance come to them, it wasn't really theirs. Uh, all their, their husbands had full control over that. Married women essentially owned nothing as part of that. It's interesting, I couldn't find much information about what was the norm in the South Asian subcontinent around women taking last names prior to colonization. So, you know, we're talking about like the Middle Ages, like, like 12th, 13th, 14th century. So I wonder what the norm was at that time. And if anyone listening has a little bit more kind of like a historical perspective on this, please share that with me um, in the comment section below uh, or on Spotify. There will be like a little Q&A option open for you. I'm very curious to know. So this, this is the first thing to think about. Where does this name change tradition really come from? And it comes from coverture. Here's a fun fact. It wasn't actually until the 1970s that women in United States could own property uh, independently without having a man sign off on it. This is 1970s. This is our parents' uh, lifetime. If you are a millennial, this is your parents' lifetime and it's very close to ours. So that's something to know. The second thing that you can reflect on if you're considering changing your name or not, either way, one thing to reflect on is what does your culture say about name change and i know on this channel we talk about everything under the lens of you know like the brown culture but 
needless to say, there is so much variation, right, in within the brown culture and in no way what I'm sharing represents all of the diversity and the variation that exists in cultural subgroups, in cultures that are the cultures are different from family to family, from religious group to religious group, from sect to sect. It's all very different. So reflect on what your culture, like the culture that's present within your family structure, the culture that's present within your community. What does that say about name change? Is there a sense of duty around it? Is there a romanticization of it? And what does, I'm going to go one step further and be curious about what does this, these norms around name change, what do they say about how you name your children if you were to have any? I was recently in conversation with a friend some time ago and they were sharing how they had to name their child um, with the father's first name as the child's middle name and obviously the father's last name as a child's last name and I couldn't help but feel that in those types of circumstances the mom's identity really is it feels erased and it may not feel that way to everyone and that's okay right the point of this discussion is to help you come to a conclusion that works for you intentionally so what does culture, what does your specific culture say about changing names? What have you witnessed in your family growing up? The aunts, the moms, the grandmas, what have they done? Are there any exceptions to this rule? You know, do you have that one, you know, outlier aunt who never got married or that aunt who never changed her name? And as you explore this, Be curious about how does the thought of not changing your name make you feel? Are we noticing some guilt come up, some shame come up, some fear of rejection come up? But how, what sorts of feelings does it elicit within us? And if I have some men listening, thank you so much for engaging in this topic that a lot of you wouldn't feel was relevant to you. But if you are listening to this out of curiosity, I want you to notice what are some feelings that come up within you as you consider the possibility that your current or future partner may not want to take your last name. What is that that's coming up within you? Can we pay attention to these? Because our feelings influence our behavior all the time. Our feelings more than our beliefs and more than our learned beliefs dictate how we do and what we do and the types of decisions that we make. So we've talked about two things right now. We've talked about the history of name change and coverture and what it's really about. We've talked about being curious about what does our specific cultural group say about name change. And the third thing to reflect on is what does it mean for you if you're planning on changing your name after marriage. Now, let me break this down a little bit. For a lot of women, their last name changes, absolutely. For some women in some cultural groups in South Asian subcontinent, their first name also changes after marriage. So the husband's family 
has the right to say, mm, I don't like your name. We're going to change it. And you go from being Nikita to, I don't know, I don't know, Rhea, right? Like they can change your first name too. So, and you might be belonging to those cultural groups if you're listening. And so something to reflect on is then what does it mean for you? If you're planning on changing your name, because our name is our identity. When we change your name, we're changing essentially who we are. For a lot of women, their name changes, where they live changes, how they live also changes. They find themselves feeling the pressure to assimilate into these like joint families um, and learning the dynamics of this new family that they've never been part of and expected to do so like seamlessly and fit right in. And if all of these are acceptable for you, if these feel, if you're open to these, if these changes feel exciting for you, then that is absolutely what you do. There's no general right or wrong here. We're just trying to be curious about why am I making this decision either way and what it means for me when I make this decision either way. For a lot of women, actually, their religion is also changed. It's interesting. I witnessed um, an, an interesting exchange a few years ago where someone had recently gotten married to someone that was a different religion than them. And an elder in the family, you know, commented and said something along the lines of, well, you know, you're not, you're not Hindu anymore. You're a Sikh because you got married to a Sikh person. And that was something that I had never heard of before. And that really kind of just took me aback. And that is really the reality for a lot of people. So even if there's no formal conversion, again, your identity, like your religious identity, if that's important to you, just is changed. Other people see you differently and identify you as being different. So the three things to think about. The history of name change and coverture. What does your specific culture, your family dynamics, your family culture, what does that say about name change? And what does it mean for you if you're planning on changing your name or not changing your name? What do you imagine your future to look like? And how much of that feels exciting versus dreadful? Now, I know many of you are listening are probably thinking, well, what, what about our kids? If I choose to have kids, whose name are they going to have? And it can be helpful to know that that is a future problem. That is not a now problem. That is a future problem. As women, a lot of us are socialized to uh, always think ahead or think of others or just be like considerate to everyone. But maybe in this context, it can be important to put yourself first and thinking about you first and making a decision for you first. And then working with your partner to explore what will be the possible outcomes for naming your future child, if that's something that you want for yourself. What's actually really interesting is, is this burden of, well, whose names are my kids gonna take? Or is it gonna be inconvenient? I'm going to feel left out if my husband and my child have the same last name and I don't. It's interesting how that usually falls on the woman's shoulder to, woman's shoulders to figure out um, and not necessarily the male partner's shoulders to figure out. So if you're a male partner and you've reached here, you've reached the end, thank you so much for being here. And hopefully you've been able to pay attention to what is coming up within you. You may be noticing a lot of discomfort and that's okay. You may be noticing a lot of defensiveness come up and that's also okay. But I would be curious to know what about the possibility of your female partner 
not changing her name after marriage feels upsetting for you? What is it that feels upsetting for you? Ultimately, to all the brown women listening, the choice is yours. It's okay to want to change your last name. It's okay to not want to change your last name after marriage. Um, as long as a choice is yours, and not only yours, but as long as a choice is intentional. And by intentional, I mean as long as we have reflected on the choice that we're about to make for ourselves. And it's also okay to change your mind. It's okay to not want to take your partner's last name now. And then in a few years, you might decide, you know what? I want my partner's last name. Or the other way around, right? Choice and intentional choice is what we're aiming for here. I don't know if many of you listening have a space for conversations like this in your friend groups, in your families of origin, um, in your peer groups in general. If you do, that is great. Explore this a little bit more. Talk to other women in your lives. And if you don't have that space, hopefully this episode has created a little bit of that space for you to reflect on what this means for you. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today. If you like this type of conversation, feel free to let me know your thoughts and I will see you in next week's episode. Thanks everyone. Stay tuned for our disclaimer. The guest and the host of Brown People Problems do not offer individualized therapeutic or medical advice and our conversations should not be interpreted as such. This podcast is not a replacement for therapy. This podcast exists for educational purposes only. Please consider your circumstances and engage with the content mindfully.